Before we start today's episode, I just want to acknowledge that our guest Leanne's father passed away after the recording of this. And I just wanted to give my sincerest condolences and well wishes to her and her family during this difficult time. Thank you. This is Caregiver's Compass, an uplifting podcast all about the ins and outs of caregiving for a loved one. Tips, tricks, true stories, and experts. It's all here on Caregiver's Compass. So today we have Leanne Kim on the podcast. Leanne Kim is a phenomenal business coach. She's my business coach and she runs an amazing business called Mamas & Co. I really, really wanted to have Leanne with me on the podcast to talk about everything to do with running a business while being a caregiver. I'm just going to take it to you, Leanne, to please introduce yourself and tell us who you are. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so grateful for this opportunity. And yeah, as you said, so I've been a business coach for the last five years or so, and I help female entrepreneurs create profitable businesses so they can live their wildest dreams. And I actually coach quite a lot of moms who are also caring for elderly parents, that sandwich generation that you and I have talked about. So I think this is going to be a great conversation, hopefully very useful for your listeners. Me too. And that's why I thought it would be so great to have you on here because I know you have all of that experience and knowledge. And I also know that you have your own experience managing your business and caring for an elderly parent. So I first really wanted to ask you about the, when you're coaching your clients who are really in the trenches of caregiving, are there any tips or suggestions that you give to them to be able to really focus on their business while being head on in the caregiving process? Absolutely. So not only are these tips that I give other people, they're things that I've sort of found along the way through my own journey of caring for my dad, who, as you mentioned, is he's elderly. He's been in and out of the hospital for the last year, almost basically. And so we've had to make some adjustments around here and it's constantly changing. But yes, I mean, I I think the, the major pieces of advice that I would give are be very intentional with your time. So a lot of my people who are raising kids, caring for a parent, running a business, that requires them saying no to a lot of things that are just not essential. So things like volunteering on the PTA and, you know, the the community garage sale, like some, those things are lovely and we all want to contribute, but sometimes we just have to say no to what is not serving us. And Once we've done that, we're able to really divide our time between our business and our family needs. And I found that it really helped me to not plan or not basically not book any client meetings or other types of events on Fridays. I leave Fridays open. And now that my dad's back in the hospital, it it actually helps out quite a bit because that might be the day where I decide to go out to Oakville to give them a hand. And so, you know, that's tip number one is don't overschedule yourself. Make sure the stuff that's on your schedule is really the, the stuff that moves the needle in your business, but also the stuff that lights you up. The number of women I talk to that say, oh, I've got all these commitments and I don't really want to be doing them. You know, the time has come to say no to that stuff. So 
that is a biggie for me. And then I would say the second one is having a strong team. So that goes for having a team in your business, people that can help you, that can take some of the load off. And that was really essential for me, especially the first time my dad got hospitalized, which was very sudden. It was so essential that I had people that could manage some of the day-to-day stuff while I had to step away from the business indefinitely um, for quite a bit. So, so that having a team that works with you in the business, but also your family members need to be a team. And I have two siblings. They're both amazing. They've both been entrepreneurs at various times in their life and they're juggling a lot, but the three of us really work together to communicate, you know, who's visiting when, who's on, you know, what sort of tasks and duties. So, so that is a big one is, is leaning on your team. And then the last one I'll share really quickly As a business owner, it's so critical that we only work with dream clients because when I had to step away quite suddenly from my coaching, it was so wonderful because I I worked with amazing people who all completely understood and said, yep, no problem. Go do what you need to do. And if we are not careful, we can surround ourselves with customers who are not like this. And that can put additional pressure on when we need to take time away from our business, which inevitably all of us are going to have to at some time. So those are the biggies, time management, having a team and and communicating with them, and then making sure that you're only working with customers that support your needs as well as a business owner. Those are really incredible tips. And I'm really glad you spoke about the team because I think a lot of individuals think that they need to do everything themselves. And I also try to let them know as a therapist that you need to be able to have a network and rely on other people. I usually talk about it in the sense of, you know, when they have the care and support for their loved ones, but it really does apply in this case when you do have your own business. And for those who do not have a team yet, and they're faced with some sort of emergency or all of a sudden they're finding themselves in this caregiver role, is it too late for them to hire? How do they even start with that? Like, you know, I think that would be a big question that people might ask, listeners might ask. For sure. So it's never too late to ask for help and receive help. The biggest roadblock to us doing this is not the help itself or anything else. It's us. And most of the time it's in our heads. And we tell ourselves things like good help is hard to find. Or why would anyone want this job? And it's utter bullshit. If you ask me, I hope that's okay that I said that, but it's, you know, we have to be protecting our own needs as a caregiver. We need to make sure that we are taking care of ourselves so that we can continue to do the things that we need to do. So in a business setting, you can start with your very first virtual assistant that you hand off some of these duties to. And my recommendation there is choose the stuff that is the easiest to train that is like not getting you further in your business. So for a lot of my people, that's things like updating their blog or, you know, it's the behind the scenes stuff. It's the web stuff. It's the, it's the creating of these repetitive things that we do again and again. And most of the time we just do them because we've been doing them right? We just, well, this is the way I've always done it. I'm good at it. I'm fast. I'll just get it over with. We need to start empowering others to take on these tasks so we can remain 
in our zone of genius. And for me, that is 100% speaking, coaching, and guiding my people to greatness. That's what they need me for. They do not need me to be writing the show notes to my podcasts. <laughs> so those are the things in our business. Let go of the little stuff that is bogging you down because it's the easiest to let go of. And then I would also encourage people on the home front, what are the tasks that you don't enjoy that are not lighting you up, that are not actually required to be done by you? And for us, we have um, a house cleaner who comes every other week without fail. And she's been with us for like seven years. We also have people who do our lawn care because while we could find the time, it's just not worth it for us to do that when it's pretty relatively inexpensive to pay a service to do that. You know, for me, meal prep is not one of those things that I dread. I actually really enjoy cooking. It lights me up and, and I really enjoy eating with my family. But I know I coached a lot of women who've had to make this call and they love it. They bring in either a personal chef or a meal service, meal delivery service, and it gives them back so much more time. So my recommendation is be looking for the stuff on your life front and your business front that you would not miss if it were gone tomorrow. And then Outsource those things first because they are the easiest. And then from there, you can always build upon that. I've had a lot of clients say, oh, now that I've got this virtual assistant doing all this for me, it's like, what else can I get rid of? And I love seeing that because that's really truly stepping into the CEO of our business and our life. We need to be doing that more. And I'm glad you said that because that was a recommendation you gave to me. And I have mentioned this before, but um, a couple of months ago, my mom was also in the hospital. We've been through a long journey and I was feeling very overwhelmed also with COVID and everything. I had my kids at home and I ended up hiring an assistant as well. And it was a complete game changer. He really takes on these tasks that you've said I can do without, and he does it so well. And he does it on the spot every time I need him to. And it's just really great. It's taken so much off of my plate. I'm able to manage the dates that I want to work and the dates that I really want to focus on myself. So that's a really, really good suggestion. For the listeners who aren't in Ontario, just so they know, you said Oakville, so you're driving to Oakville to be with your dad. How far is that from where you are right now? Yeah, so it's about, on a good day, it's about 45 minutes one way. So at a minimum, if we go out there when he's in hospital, we're driving out there, we're usually seeing him in the hospital. Then we're, and right now the restrictions are, you can only have one person in the room at a time. So he can't be with my kids, unfortunately. So I, the, on Sunday we went out, I went, visited, then my husband traded off. He went in and then we got back in the car. We drove back to my mom. She had been watching the kids. We had a visit with her. So, you know, the reality is for the foreseeable future, this is probably between three and five hours of our week, every single week. And that's, us just barely doing our part. Again, I've got siblings. They're also trying to do this. When one of us is away or on vacation, we're picking up the slack and we're trying to help out with one another. So it's, it's definitely not easy. You know, over the past several years, we've had seasons where we're really in it, but we've also had seasons where I think life kind of falls back to normal. And I think that's, what's challenging with being a caregiver is there's really no end in sight. You don't know when someone's going to recover, if they're going to recover. And for us, you know, we're, we're fairly certain my dad is nearing the end of his days. And that's really hard. It's really hard to watch and hard to be a part of. But at the same time, I think knowing that 
I've got a solid business that can run pretty easily without me. I've got a, a hugely supportive partner. I've got this, this fantastic team that's all helping me be able to, to make this all work. It is such peace of mind. And I know that's a big part of the work that you do as well as helping people find the systems and routines so they can have that peace of mind. Yeah. And you've grown such a, an incredible business and one that really is inspirational for so many people. And so I also don't doubt that if you need, you know, to step aside for a bit, you'll have that support and it will run like no problem, but obviously you spearhead all of that. If I may ask, why is your father in the hospital? So it's a bit of a long story. He's a diabetic and he's had some kidney complications is really the easiest way of saying it. So four years ago when we had sort of the first stint, it was very much a surprise. And I taught, I've actually spoken about this a lot on my own podcast. I was about to host a party for my son's fourth birthday and I was pulling the cupcakes out of the oven and we got a phone call and it was my sister saying, dad's in the hospital. We all need to drop everything and come quick. And he was not sick at that time. I mean, he was in his eighties, but I was not expecting that at all. And I had to leave my husband and the kids to run the birthday party without me. I had to drop everything. And that was, that was a real awakening for me. And that was really the moment because that was only my first year of business being fully self-employed. I had done some coaching on the side before that, but still in the first year of business, you know, I wasn't set up properly. I didn't have these scalable one-to-many offers. I was doing all one-to-one coaching. My calendar was packed. I think I had one team member who was able to help out and do some behind the scenes stuff, but I had no one that could do any coaching or educating on my behalf. And that was really the awakening that my business needed to change. And so since that time, I have implemented a team. Most of my offers are scalable one-to-many offers. And if I need to step away and not be the coach for that day or that week, it's no problem. As you know, because you've experienced this from the client side, you know, I just, I have weeks where I don't do coaching and then I have other weeks where I do, and I'm not nearly spending so much time. I'm, I'm spending not nearly as much time doing the one-to-one coaching, which is key. So that would be another piece of advice for anyone who provides a one-to-one service is Just be careful that you're not solely relying on hours of your time to make money. If that's how you set things up, that you need to show up and provide that service every single day in order to get paid, you are putting yourself and potentially your family at risk because none of us know when, you know, family trauma is going to strike, right? If we did, we'd we'd all feel a lot better, but it's just like COVID. This last year has taught us that we really do as business owners need to be prepared for anything. And that agility piece, that ability to pivot and adjust and make changes to our calendars, to our offerings is so critical. So I always say, you know, if you're not willing to be agile, if you don't have the ability to pivot, you're probably not cut out to be a business owner in this day and age because we just can't predict what's going to happen from one day to the next. So I've been very lucky. I've been very fortunate that my business has survived these highs and lows. And most of the women that I coach, that's been their story too. But I think it's, it's important we start to put some of these powerful systems into place so that we're not vulnerable. I think that's really, really important. It's also the preparation piece, right? Not just to 
act when something is in crisis already, but how can you develop and maintain a business to prepare just in case something happens as we've seen this year, even part of last year, but also with the highs and lows of life. And you also have two children, as you've mentioned, and you're managing the care for your father. It's amazing that you have the support of your siblings and really just you guys can really feed off each other and take the responsibilities. But I'm sure that involved a lot of communication and putting together and really figuring out because I know that's not always organic from the start. If it was, that's great. But I know a lot of my clients and a lot of individuals that I speak to, that's something that they have to navigate. So I just want to say that if they don't have that from the beginning, that's okay. That's something I work with clients to figure out as well is how can you involve that communication piece? How can you really balance that? Give everybody a role. And you're doing that so, so well. And something else I want to really highlight for you is that you are so good at the self-care piece. And if anyone follows you on Instagram or social media, they will see that you really make sure to take that time for you so that you have that, you know, filling your cup moment for the rest of the day. You do not deplete, deplete, deplete. And that is also something that I highly, highly suggest for all of my clients. It's not even something that's optional and you have that down pat. You went to the beach last week with your family, you go for walks, you know, in the morning and you show everybody that side of you because it is so important. Is that something that you had to develop over time once you saw that you were kind of burning out and had less energy or was that always organic for you? Yeah, that's a great question. So I think I've always had the capability to put my own needs first. I'm, I'm not one of those people that constantly puts themselves last on the list. So I will, I will own that piece that's kind of a part of my DNA. But at the same time, when you become a business owner, you're so excited by what you're doing. And I hear this all the time. My women will say, like, if I didn't have kids, I'd probably be working 24-7 because I love it. And because I'm driven to succeed. So that's a big piece of this is that it's, 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 it's easier to carve out self-care time when you don't love what you do because you want those breaks. But when you love what you do, it doesn't feel like a chore. However, I have coached so many women through burnout and to avoid burnout. And we're just not, we're living in an age where it's not possible for us to take weeks off to recover from something like that. From hitting, you know, hitting true burnout where you're, you know, you, you become sick, you become exhausted, you're in bed all the time. And I've, I've coached many women who've reached that point. So I want us to all avoid that. I, I, I don't think burnout is a necessity. I think it's something that is easily avoidable. And it comes with just those small intentional actions. When I hear people say, I have no time for self-care, I don't buy that. I think that is just, I'm going to, this might be triggering for some, but I think that's just laziness. Honestly, anyone can find 20 minutes in their week. Yes, you might have to ask for help. And that's the hardest part. Yes, you might have to tell your partner and really explain why this is essential for you and your family to be at their best. And in the early days, I've had to have many hard conversations with my husband explaining why it was important that I made this choice, why it was important that I carved out this time. Now he gets it. 
You know, it's just known every morning at 6.30, mommy gets up, she leaves the house, she's gone for 30 minutes. Guess what? They're all fine. He's here, they're here, they're busy playing Lego in the basement. Nobody's missing me. And that's a big thing. I think a lot of us as leaders and as mothers, we think, oh, nobody can live without me. I have to be there to do it all. It's not true. And the longer we keep telling ourselves that story, the longer we're going to stay a prisoner of our business. And I don't want that for anyone. So make smart choices as to where your time goes. And I would say as a minimum, once a week, you are carving out a minimum of 30 minutes for yourself. Even if that's just a hot bath upstairs with the door closed and the lights off. And I'm just going to say during COVID, I did that too. Because everything was closed. I couldn't leave my house. So, you know, find a way to do it. And if it helps, make it, you know, routine. The more you can make things something that just happens every day or every week at the same time, the more it will happen. So for us, usually once we get into the school year, I pick my night where I'm going to be at the gym. And that's my night to be out of the house if the gym's closed, guess what? I'm going to go for a walk with a girlfriend or do something else, but I'm not going to take that time off the calendar because once it's on there, it just becomes the routine that my family follows. So put it on the calendar, do what you need to do to make it happen. Ask for the help that you need and protect that time. Not just, even if you're not a caregiver, I, this is the advice I give to every single business owner because it works. It makes you more centered and it makes you more successful in the end. It enables you to do what you love. 100%. I love everything that you just mentioned. It's a lot of what I mentioned as well. And really I do hear from a lot of people too. self-care. I can't find it. It doesn't exist. You can make it happen. Even if it is 10, 20 minutes in a day, you can make it happen. And scheduling it is key. It is so, so important. I'm so glad you mentioned that Leanne. I think this conversation has been amazing. Please tell us where can people find you to learn more, especially when it comes to their business? Absolutely. So if you are a podcast listener, I highly recommend subscribing to my podcast. It's called The Business of Thinking Big. I do weekly episodes all about business mindset and strategy. And you can also follow me on Instagram at Leanne Kim Coach. Thank you so much, Leanne. And I will be speaking to you soon because we have our own coaching session soon. So there you go. Thanks again for coming on. It was a pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Caregiver's Compass. If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review. Your ratings and reviews help more people like you find our podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and share this episode with someone you think would love it. I'm Stephanie Muscat. Have an uplifting day and I'll see you next time.